John 1.14 says, The Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Our prayer is that you might see God's love and faithfulness as you listen to our Sunday morning message here at First Methodist Bryan. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Hear the word of the Lord. And then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor thought what people, nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't come and eventually attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what this unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. Hey, for the last uh, few weeks, really over a month, Pastor Jeremy and I have been preaching a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. We've been using the, the outline P-R-A-Y as an acronym for pray. So P is for pause, R is for rejoicing, which is praise. A is for ask, and Y is for yield. That acronym and, and that outline is on a document in the foyer and the narthex so you can pick that up if you want to we'd love to give you that today i'm taking a break from from going through this right in the middle of it because i want to stop because i think it's important if you're going to have honesty and integrity when you preach that you preach on the hard things so today and next sunday and we i'll be preaching on unanswered prayer. I would imagine some of you have had prayers that you believed were not answered, or or is your pastor the only person in that boat? I didn't think so. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your word. I pray today as, as the word is cast out that it would find fertile soil Soil that's been tilled up and ready to receive the seed, ready to grow and bear fruit. Lord, let that be me and let that be everyone here so that we might truly be not just those who hear the word, but those who do. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Let God's people say amen. Are are all your prayers answered? Well, you might say, well, in some way they are, yes, no, wait. But I don't intend to ask that question. Are all your prayers answered yes? And I think the answer is no, they're not. John Calvin said, nothing is better adapted 
to excite us to prayer than a full conviction that we shall be heard. I wouldn't be praying if I didn't know that my Heavenly Father hears me. Your Heavenly Father hears you. That's what gives you confidence to pray because as a child of God, you can go into God's presence and you have confidence that He hears you. Here's what Jesus our Lord said. And by the way, I remind you that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and He's right now our mediator and He's praying for us. But here's His promises. Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Here's another promise. Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He will give to you. John 16, verse 23. Then in 1 John, it says, If we know that God hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we asked of Him. But the reality is, not all of our requests are answered with a yes. Not all people are healed that we pray for. Not all business ventures are successful. Not everyone we're praying for so that they will come to Christ and enter into the kingdom of God and be transformed. Not everyone makes that decision to receive Christ, though we pray for them. You don't always catch that 10-pound catfish on an 8-pound line. You don't always get a miracle. And that raises some obvious questions. How do you explain it? When we've asked, but we didn't receive. We knocked, but the door still shut. How do you deal with unanswered prayer? I'm going to offer you six things that I know could be reasons for unanswered prayer. I'm just barely touching the surface. I'm giving you the big ones. I don't pretend to know all the answers on why a certain prayer is not answered. But I know there are some biblical reasons why that could be true. I also know that God can do anything God wants. Amen? One reason why your prayers may be unanswered is because of unrepentant sin in your life. Sin obstructs our prayers. When Jesus made the promise that he would grant whatever we ask in his name, we tend to think that that means we always have to pray at the end of the prayer and tack on in Jesus' name. But we got to think through what that means. That means we're praying in his character. We're praying that that's exactly what he would want. We're praying that we would honor him in what we're asking. We're praying that he would be glorified in what we're doing. We're asking in his name. That means if he gave you the credit card, you just don't go out and spend things that he wouldn't do. Well, so we're praying in his name, meaning in his character, in his will, in his ways. Here's what he said. John 15, verse 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Did you notice that it said, If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You're not abiding in the Lord if you're living in ongoing sin. That's not happening. 
Because if you're abiding in the Lord, you have to repent of that sin. If we're committing known sin and we don't repent, we're not abiding in Him. That's why it's important to have regular times, maybe even seasons of silence before the Lord, where you're humbly laying yourselves open to what the Holy Spirit will convict. Not condemn, Romans 8 verse 1 says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But the Holy Spirit convicts us where we're doing something that is outside the will of God and outside the ways of Christ. Let me give you two examples. Many of you are married. Some of you are widowed and are widowers. But the Bible says that it's important that our marriage relationship, where the two have become one, is exactly where it needs to be to honor God. And if it's not, Peter says that it could hinder your prayers. Let me quote 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives with an understanding of their weaker nature. I did not write weaker nature. Don't come. knocking on my door. But I do wish I wrote the very next part, which solves the first part. Because Peter then says, Yet showing them honor as co-heirs, that means you're equals, of the grace of life. Why? Peter gave you the reason. Why? So that your prayers will not be hindered. If your marriage relationship is not where it needs to be, it can hinder your prayers. It could be a reason why you have unanswered prayer. And then there are other relationships that you have and and that's why Jesus said this, I tell you, everyone who's angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. So if you're offering your gift at the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, go and be reconciled with your brother, then come and offer your gift. In other words, you, you need to make sure that you're at right relationship as far it depends on you, the Bible says. Sometimes... Sometimes you can do the best you can, and that relationship isn't going to be any better. doesn't mean we don't have the obligation that if we're at the altar and we know that there's some relationship that's not right, we need to seek forgiveness or ask forgiveness or give forgiveness. Because if we don't, that can hinder our prayer life, can hinder our answers. That's a possible reason for unanswered prayer, that our relationships with the Lord, with our spouse, with others, isn't where it needs to be. Second reason for unanswered prayer, perhaps you lack faith. This is, this is not always the reason, and yet this is almost always the thing I hear first out of people's mouth. Well, you just don't have enough faith, really. And how much faith do you think you know I have? I hate it when people tell me that. I don't have enough faith. Lacking faith is a possible reason, since Scripture says, Ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So don't just assume you're being faithless, but don't dismiss the possibility. Let me share a story in my life about that. I was a student at Oral Roberts University in you're required to go to chapel two times a week. And in one of those chapels, one of the professors, I didn't have him, but one of the professors 
came before the student body, which would be probably 2,000 at worship, and asked for prayer for his daughter. She was very sick. As I recall, she was around six or seven years old, and, and at Oral Roberts University, they emphasized praying in faith and name it, claim it. Now, if you've never heard that phrase, I'm going to explain it. Name it, claim it. You can name what you want and claim what you want, and then God's pretty much obligated to give it to you. So that is a false theology. But some students had not yet grown to that understanding. We prayed for that little girl fervently, believing and naming and claiming that she would be healed. The next week we're at chapel, we were mourning that she died. Why would the Lord allow this little girl to die? It shakes your faith, especially if you're falsely taught or if you're taught falsely. If you name it and claim it, it'll be yours. It's because some people have a really poor theology of who God is. God is sovereign. God is not the cosmic soda pop machine. And to me, that's what this theology teaches. Name it, claim it is nothing more than a cosmic soda pop machine. God is this. You take 75 cents, you go over by Hosey's office, you put it in the Coke machine in the Christian Life Center. I think it's 75. Is it 75 cents now? Then you push the button. Most of the buttons, you get what you push. There's one button that says surprise. I think you, who knows? Thank you. You can, you can tell I have not been getting a lot of soda pop. God is not the cosmic soda pop machine. You don't just go and say, okay, God, I put my money in the offering plate. I've claimed it. I've named it. You got to give me what I ask. No, he doesn't. God is sovereign. To think that God is a cosmic soda pop machine is a false theology. And it really t- destroys people's faith. Third reason that you may not have your prayers answered is you need to learn patience and persistence. The story that Pastor Jeremy read today from Luke 18 parable of the unjust judge but really it ought to be known as the parable of the woman that will never give up she had an unjust judge and she kept pestering him and going to him and asking and asking and asking until finally the judge said though I neither fear God nor respect man yet because this widow keeps bothering me I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. The point of this parable is not that if you pester God enough, God will give you what you want. That is not the parable. It's not the point. The point is, we have a heavenly Father that is completely opposite from an unjust judge. He's a perfect judge. He's a righteous judge. And He wants to give you the desires of your heart as His child. Luke, to be clear, 
makes it so plain. He, Luke even says this is the point of the parable. Did y'all get that one, Pastor Jeremy? Let me read it again. Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not give up. That's the whole point of the parable. It's not about the judge. It's about praying and not giving up. And I believe in that. Don't give up. I've said this many times. Keep it simple, your prayer life. Keep it real. Keep it up. Don't give up. Sometimes you need to learn patience and perseverance. And don't give up. George Mueller, one of the great, great Christian ministers, prayed for some people over 50 years before they came to know Jesus as their Savior. Don't give up praying for your family members or your friends that they will come to know Christ and become a believer. Don't give up. Another reason why you might have unanswered prayer, the fourth reason is you might ask for the wrong motives, bad motives. I'm sure that you've asked your mom or dad for things. Even those of you that are 70 and 80 and 90, you remember when you were a kid and you asked for and you didn't ask it for the right reason or the right motive, do you think your parents didn't know? Trust me, your parents knew. And sometimes they may decide, you know, you're asking for the wrong reason, so I'm just not going to give it to you. So that you can learn, you can learn that when you're coveting, you're coveting something. That's not godly. Here's what James said. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend it on your pleasures. That means what you're asking for may be a good thing, but it may be motivated wrongly. So our motives have to be pure. So when we're praying, we need to check ourselves, search our hearts, let the Holy Spirit do that because it's important what your motive is. Fifth reason why you may have unanswered prayer is because of ignorance. I'm not insulting you. I'm the first one in line when it comes to ignorance. Here's what Paul said about people that don't have a real relationship with Christ. Quote, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their heart. But even when you come to know Christ, you're still ignorant about what the future holds because you're finite. You're not infinite. You don't know the future. So when you're asking God for something, how do you know that what you're asking for, how is that going to affect the future? That's why often in my prayer, I pray what I was taught by Dr. Henry Blackaby, who wrote the great book, Experiencing God. Dr. Blackaby said, many times when he prays, he says, Lord, I'm asking you for this, believing it's the right thing. But if it's the wrong thing, I don't want it. And if you want to give me something better than what I ask, I am open to it, and I trust you in the midst of asking. I like that. Because how can I possibly know 
the future. I am not God. We have an example of this in the Bible. It's the reason you're here today. Because of a man named Abraham. The Bible says he had faith and God counted it as, his, as righteousness. But the Lord said to Abraham he was going to make him the father of many nations. That's why he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And he was going to give him a son. And Abraham thought it would be Ishmael. So he kept praying for Ishmael to be the one. And God said, no, it's not Ishmael. I'm going to give you a son of promise, you and Sarah. Did Abraham get his prayer answered? Strictly, no, he didn't. But in the sense, that, the general sense that he got what he really longed for, which was God's promise, yeah. Abraham couldn't know the future. It was through his son Isaac that the nation of Israel was formed. Our Messiah, Jesus, who died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. Last reason. The last reason that I wrote down on why you might have unanswered prayer is because you need to learn to trust the Lord. This is hard. But I believe there are some times that the Lord says no to test you, to see if you really trust Him. I believe Satan mocks us and tries to deceive us, saying that God ignores our prayers because God isn't good or God doesn't really love us. And so Satan tries to deceive you and, and really destroy your faith. Attack that lie head on when he said, if you ask for bread... Will your father give you a stone? Of course not. Our father is good. He's going to give you what is good. So I don't want you to be discouraged by unanswered prayer. Next week I want to talk and preach about what to do when you have them. You see, either your prayer is going to be answered or you have a chance to grow in faith, to gain patient endurance, to purify your heart of sin, and learn to trust your Father. This kind of trust is seen by one of our favorite stories in the Old Testament. The story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three young men, friends of Daniel, were put in a situation where if they did not bow down and worship King Nebuchadnezzar, who claimed to be God. If they didn't worship him, then he was going to throw them into the fiery furnace. And these three young men had a response. When the king said this, I'm quoting King Nebuchadnezzar, and who is your God who can rescue you from my power? King Nebuchadnezzar threw down the gauntlet. And it was a test to see if these three people would really trust the Lord. And here's what they said. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he 
doesn't, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you've set up. We won't do it. That's trust. That's trust. These three young men said, we know God is able, but even if he does it, we trust him. And we will not bow down and give up our faith. I could ask all of you to take out your wallet and your purses and get your money out, but you'll think I'm wanting another offering, and it's not what I want. On your money, it says something. In God we trust. It's a motto. It's a national motto. But is it really what you believe? Do you really trust the Lord? No matter what. So now as I finish the sermon, I want to ask you a question. Do you have something in your life that you've been praying about and there's no breakthrough? There's no resolution. It's an intractable problem. It never gets resolved. It just keeps going on and on and on and on. My wife and I have problems like that. In our family, we, our hearts go out to people like, like I'm describing, where you can just pray and pray and pray, and there's just no change. What about you? Do you have something that you're praying about? And you just don't see an answer. I have a Bible verse for you. I think everybody ought to have a life verse. It could change over the years. But for me, for over four decades, I've had one life verse. It's keep me steady. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord are called according to his purpose. I know that all things including unanswered prayer will work together for good to those that love the Lord. Do you know that? I want to pray for you today that you might stand right there on that verse in the midst of your prayers. Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I thank you for unanswered prayer. Because it tests us to see if we trust you. It causes us to have to look inside to see if we're right with you, if there's sin in, sin in our life. It makes us have to see if we're asking for the wrong motives or if we lack faith. Lord, thank you that unanswered prayer does not mean you don't care about us or that you don't have compassion on us. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now who've been going through tough times, intractable problems, problems that just never stop. It's just overwhelming, just never, ever stops. And I lift them up. I pray in the name of Jesus that you strengthen them, that they can learn to trust you, even when they don't get an answer that they want. Lord, help them to know that all things, even unanswered prayer, work together for good for those who love the Lord. Bless. Bless each one here, Lord, with faith 
not only in your miracles that you are able to even rescue from a fiery furnace, but even if it doesn't happen, you are still sovereign. You're still our loving Father. I pray this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let the church sing. Amen. Thank you for listening with us. We hope that you have encountered the risen Jesus today. If you want to hear more, please consider subscribing. We would also welcome you to join us in person. For more information, please visit us at fmcbryan.org.